Uh, welcome to Beats and Real Talk, where we talk to interesting people of color in music, film, and everything in between, who are proactive about pushing the culture forward through their creative efforts. And my name is Danny, the filmmaker, rapper Philly, living the ATL life. This is Mr. Coleman, ATL, for four represent all day. And uh, how you doing this morning, Dan? Um, I can't complain. It's Sunday morning. I was just uh, in class with Dr. Carr and Professor Hunter, and I could talk more about that. But uh, it was very, very interesting, and I love my classes. Okay. How about yourself? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, you know, just enjoying this beautiful day um, and really excited about um, this special guest we have uh, with us today. Um, this is a young woman who I've known since about third grade. Um, and you know, the trajectory of her life that she's taken, I'm not really surprised just because even back when I knew her as a little kid, she was always real athletic and stuff. And so, um, she, uh, her name is Kayla Joy. She is, uh, she has a very unique, um, a very unique passion where she does solo travel. Um, and since 2014, she's been on countless uh, trips in the States and abroad, but she does them solo. Um, I mean, she's been to some exotic, amazing places um, like Iceland and uh, um, New Zealand, um, you know, uh, just to name a couple of places. And um, she, um, in addition to, to that, she's also an attorney. She's also an activist and a artist. Um, and so she does just has a unique, uh, a unique plethora of skill sets and passions. And we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let her talk more about that. So welcome to Beats and Real Talk, Kayla Joy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good morning. No problem. Thank you. We know you're a busy woman, so we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to, uh, to chat with us today. Of course. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, let's, let's jump right in. Um, cause I know you're busy. Um, uh, I, I want to ask, um, um, how did you get into solo travel and, and what is solo travel for people who, you know, may not understand the, the details of what that exactly entails? So solo travel is simply traveling by yourself. Um, and travel is something that I've always been encapsulated by from a little kid. I wanted to go anywhere and everywhere, you name it. <laughs> I used to like have a globe and just plot out places that I wanted to go. Um, but when I, when I was younger, I wasn't able to go to a lot of those places just due to monetary issues and um, just not being exposed to it. Fast forward to, I think it was like, yeah, 2014. Um, by that time, I had only gone on three international trips, uh, one of them being Mexico, so I didn't really count it. But I had I went to Thailand with a friend and then South Africa with a friend and those were amazing trips and it just got my juices flowing and I wanted to keep traveling. Um, and the job that I have allows me the flexibility to do it often, but it got to the point where I wasn't able to really find people that always had the same time or resources or interests as me. Um, so there was one trip to, or I saw a flight to Las Vegas. I was living in DC at the time. And the flight was like round trip, $89. I was like, how could I not get this? <laughs> and I scooped it up. And then I asked a couple of friends if they wanted to go. 
nobody was able to clear their schedule for that time frame. And so I just ended up going on my own. And it was a weird trip to go solo. Like when you think of Vegas, you think party with your friends, but I went by myself and I, I made a side trip to the Grand Canyon. And kind of from there, I never looked back. I had all the, you know, the fear about going alone. Was I going to be lonely? You know, was I going to be safe? But after that, after I saw that I could do it, I was ready for international trips. And I just started booking trips left and right after that. Wow, that's that's, that's really cool. Um, You know, just the, like, overcoming that fear of traveling alone, I think is, like, really cool that, you know, you, um, you know, had the, 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 the mindset to do that. Um, do you think that, um, like, I'm, I mean, I know you mentioned it was hard to find people with the resources or interests. Um, and that's kind of something I really want to touch on. Um, do you think like with color specifically, like there's a stigma that doing this is a white thing or, cause I've had, cause I mean, I'm a person who like I've done things like going flyboarding and skydiving, things like that. And sometimes people tell me that's white and I'm and I take offense to that because I feel like life is to be experienced and enjoyed. And me having interest in snowboarding or or anything like that, that's not a white thing. Like do you feel like that's kind of a stigma that kind of gets attached is why some people of color don't embark on some of those types of things? Yeah, so, you know, within solo travel, a lot of the places that I wanted to go or a lot of the activities that I wanted to do um, were outdoor-related activities. And that's something that I've always been interested in. I think of myself as a kid. I was always running around with the boys, like, in the woods and in the creek and just being very active and involved in, like, adventure sports. I'm definitely an adventurous person, so... Um, yeah, I was always labeled as somebody who liked to do things that white people typically do. Um, so that made it hard for me to find people in my friend groups that were predominantly black to join me on, you know, hiking a mountain or or skiing or whatever. So um, I do definitely think that there is um, a low representation of us. But I think it's becoming more highlighted now, especially, you know, with platforms like Instagram where people are able to share their their photo experiences and videos. I'm seeing a lot more black people in the outdoors. Um, and that's good because we need younger people seeing, you know, people older than themselves doing different things so that they know that anything is possible. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's real cool that, you know, you're being one of the people to highlight that. And so I think that's real important for, uh, you know, younger people of color to, to see that and see that, you know, I can, you know, me, me wanting to hike or skydive or whatever is cool. I mean, we interviewed a guy, um, a couple weeks ago who started his own shoe line and he, um, and he makes hiking shoes. And, you know, he was saying that him being a black person making hiking shoes, mm -hmm. that was him trying to, you know, encourage more black people to get involved with hiking and things like that. So that's um, I think that's great because um, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the, you know, equipment that you need for outdoor endeavors, um, it's expensive. So they're definitely an investment um, and it's a space that black people really haven't 
um, infiltrated. So, you know, hearing that is dope. Um, but yeah, it left me in a lot of situations where I had to decide whether I was going to do something that I wanted to do or not do it because I didn't have other people that wanted to do it. And I just kind of went with the mindset of not waiting on people to do the things that I want to do personally. Um, and I found myself in situations where, okay, if I want to go skydiving and my friends don't want to go, I'll, I'll book it on my own. And there are going to pe be people there that are into skydiving. So it brought me around people who were like-minded and interested in some of the same activities. So I was able to make new friends in, in those spaces. That's dope. That's real dope. Right. I feel you on that because being a, you know, a female and someone that would love to travel. And honestly, back in 2016, I pretty much was in the same situation as yourself. I wanted to plan a, a getaway for my birthday out of the country. And I had several friends that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go with you. And when it boiled down to it, they weren't able to or they didn't want to, whichever the choice was. But at the end of the day, I said, guess what? This is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it regardless. So uh, just like you, I had went to Cancun, and I was going to go by myself, but a friend of mine was like, no, I, you're a female. I'm not letting you go by yourself. I'm going to go with you. I'm like, hey, either you go or you don't. I know me. I'm a people person, so I know when I go somewhere, I'm going to be able to meet people. I'm going to be able to start conversations and go from there. And what you said was um, – you know, was I really going to let life pass me by because I waited on other people? And that's powerful. Like we have to look at that question in all facets of life, in my opinion. Right. No, I agree. And um, and with that being said, you know, going to my friend when she was like, oh, well, you're, I don't want you to go by yourself. Da, 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 da. And and I get where she was coming from, um, but I'm also not going to live my life in fear. But with you traveling a lot by yourself as a black woman, um, do you often find yourself facing racial discrimination or sexism while you're traveling? Um, nothing actually like sticks out, nothing glaring like sticks out in my mind. There's definitely been instances um, where I feel like I was probably racially profiled, but I don't know. I, I just, every time I travel, I just keep good energy about me. Um, and I'm open to other people and their experiences. And I've been blessed to, um, to, you know, find myself in situations where I've been taken care of um, in terms of safety. Like for me, safety is all about in the preparation. So before I go somewhere, I have done an insane amount of research before I got there to the to the point where where when I get to wherever country I'm going I almost it almost feels as if I've been there before because I've researched everything I've cross -refer mm -hmm. referenced reviews and that helps me um, feel like I know where I'm going I know what I'm doing uh, so I don't have that kind of lost tourist look about me that some people do and I'm more confident um, being in other places and the more you do it, the more you realize it's really like walking around in your own city. You're just somewhere, somewhere new. So I would say preparation mm -hmm. is definitely key um, for solo travel for anybody, but definitely being a female, um, just knowing what you're going to get yourself into. And then uh, 
yeah, just choosing the types of activities that I involve myself in when I'm traveling solo. I don't do too much nightlife um, when mm-hmm. traveling. Sometimes I do. It depends on where I'm at and the kind of, you know, mood that I'm in. But generally, I'm searching for, you know, the adventure, the outdoor. I'm, you know, doing photography and videography. So partying aspect of it um, isn't something that I have to really worry about because I don't get into too much. Um, but just, right. you know, knowing, knowing it's, you have to have like a, you have to be hyper aware. Right. Right. You have to, you know, you know, pay attention to your surroundings. You know, when we, we spend most of our time out during the day, of course, but then there were sometimes like, Hey, why, why don't we just go out at night in which we did, but we made sure that of course we stayed together you know, they're seeing new freight faces. So they're looking at me. They see I'm the bubbly person. So they come to talk to me. And meanwhile, she's in the back looking to make sure everything is cool. So I'm fine. But I also was paying attention to my surroundings, which is very important, right. regardless, female or not. Um, but also throughout your travels, being a person of color, how often do you come across other solo travelers that look like you? Um, a lot of times I'm the only black face or one of few in a lot of the situations that I get myself into. I, I run into a lot of solo travelers, um, which is really cool to, you know, have shared experiences. Um, but I don't run into that many black females, especially if I'm, like I said, doing, have a, like an outdoor theme trip um, that involves a lot of, you know, hiking or camping or something like that. Uh, pretty hard pressed to find black people in those spaces. Yeah, um, I um, just perusing your IG and your YouTube page. Um, um, and by the way, you do some really dope videography as well. Um, this, Thank you. this being a film and music podcast, um, both of us indie filmmaking. Um, yeah, I mean, and I've, I've told you before, like, I think you do really, you'd be really dope in the indie filmmaking space if you ever wanted to get into it. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So even during the when the pandemic first happened, you were you made a little short, like films on IG where you were like, like I am legend type of deal. That's that pretty cool. So <laughs> the Rona, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was, series lasted about three episodes. That was dope, though. That was dope. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it was. It was because when I was on your YouTube, I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> like, what kind of equipment is she using? Like, I need to know this. <laughs> underwater like underwater like it just looks like you're looking at national geographic like what so yeah we'll talk about that later <laughs> most definitely but um uh, I w- and i wanted to say like you i mean you've been to some really really dope places that i marked down um on my list like my wife and i we have um we, we we're planning on taking our first international trip like probably next year or mm-hmm. that year after after all this rolling stuff is over and so um we're kind of marking down where we want to because i'm like I'm like this girl I went to school with. She's like crushing it, and we need to get on it because um, <laughs> I saw this. There's this couple that, that I think they were on V on three, and they they um they do international travel, and they have two kids. And they're saying that people think that just because you have kids, you can't travel. But like they've been to like like a ton of countries, and they they do it with their kids. And so I'm like, you know what? Like we can do that because like yeah, I want don't to, let the kids stop you. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to do that. That's really cool. So um. But I want to say, what is the most memorable country that, or or not country necessarily, maybe the most memorable place you've you went to? 
You know, I get that question all the time, like, what's my favorite place or my favorite trip was? And it's really hard for me to answer that. Um, every place that I've been, um, I had a different experience and usually a, a, a profound experience. So I have, you know, um, love for every place. But I guess if I had to... I mean, like New Zealand was amazing. I I rented a, a solo camper van for a couple weeks and just drove around the South Island. And that was like, that was my second uh, camper van trip. The first one I did was, which was actually my first international solo trip was to Iceland. Um, and that's a pretty interesting story. So after I did the Vegas and Grand Canyon trip, I was ready to go somewhere international and long story short, that turned out to be Iceland. And I decided I was going to rent a camper van and drive all the way around the country by myself. Um, when I got there and got the van that was a stick shift, and I had like probably a, a one hour refresher on driving a stick before I got there. Um, <laughs> the, the day that I was supposed to head out from the city center, I was like, am I really about to do this? by myself like I woke up in the van super cold um and I just had second I was second guessing myself like am I really about to go on a road trip in a van on my own in this foreign country um mm. and I almost didn't I almost convinced yeah. myself to stay around Reykjavik and just you know find little things to do but something in me just pressed on and I went and like it was the best decision I ever made and I that's that running that's like a running theme with everything like whenever I found myself questioning whether I should do something of course weighing like whether I'm going to be safe and everything like that um I just press on with it and it usually takes me down the most beautiful route so um I know that didn't answer the question as to what oh, no. was my most memorable experience but <laughs> I've had a ton of them it's really hard to choose I saw I saw one where you were like staying in, in a like a bubble. Oh yeah. Desert. That looked really, really dope. I was like, I want to do that. It that was, was in uh, Jordan. That was that was a really amazing trip, actually. And and everybody was scared about me going there. Um, um I I like to compare or combine um trips. So if I'm going to one country, I want to find another country that's close by so I can like get a two for one almost. If I'm gonna travel halfway around the world, I like to bounce around. So I had I was going to Cyprus to visit some photographers that I had met on a photography trip year prior in Norway. And when I met them, I, you know, I told them I was going to come visit them in Cyprus. I don't think they believed me. But a year later, <laughs> I'm like knocking on their door. And so the country that I paired that with, because it was close by, is Jordan. And so it would be the first mm -hmm. time that I would be traveling to the Middle East and literally all my friends and family just they were just so concerned and I get it um but it got to the point where it started affecting my thinking about it I started questioning like is this gonna be safe like should I be going out here by myself and again mm -hmm. I had to you know brush other people's fears aside and I went with it and it was the actually that was a really amazing trip that was top three um, 
just the culture, the people out there are beautiful. It was just a completely different environment. And so uh, that mobile tent is in Wadi Rum, which is a couple hours south from Amman. And it's just like in the middle of the desert, um, just jaw dropping like beauty. And yeah, I, I booked it for a night just to give myself a little night of luxury. And I wanted to do some star photography shooting that night. Uh, so having the, the clear bubble seemed like a good option. Of course, uh, it was clouds the whole night, so I did not see one star. <laughs> 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 not one star, but it was still a really amazing um, experience. You get like a, a desert safari before you get to your little bubble and everything. So I definitely yeah. recommend yeah. that. It sounds fun. I, I, I'm definitely haven't been the person that's, that's been out um uh, camping or anything in that nature. Actually, my cousin is preparing a, a a second, no, a third camping trip, and she wants me to come along. And I would love to. I just have a thing with bugs. You, you know, bugs? I don't. Yeah, I'm not scared of them. I just don't like them crawling on me and stuff like that. So you know, I told her, look, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I I'll, I'll get over it. I like to face my fear, so I'll get over it. Believe um, it or not, but I cannot stand bugs like I was just I was talking about this yesterday like I cannot stand bugs in my space so see <laughs> and when you, you know when you're out when you're outdoors you're in their space but it's one of exactly. those things where um it depends on the location like I've been camping in some places where bugs were not even it's like where are the bugs at they're like weren't even an issue but I've also done camping like out here in Georgia where there's like all the bugs, all the beetles and roaches and right. all kinds of creepy yeah. crawlies that come out at night <laughs> <laughs> that are definitely that that's the, you know, one of the things I don't like about the outdoors, but not so much so that it keeps me from being out there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because because you it's something that we all should do, I believe. uh I believe that's part of what's missing with us as human beings. Like, and I've said it before and I see that you said it as well. It's like, it's important to disconnect with the world. And I want to ask you, what is the importance of you disconnecting with the world? Um, I just think now today, like society, we're so, it's great that we're so connected by technology, um, but sometimes it we're just too connected we're too con we're consuming too much um you know on the computers and on our phones and i think disconnecting from those things and then even going beyond that connecting with nature which i think um gives us like energy mm -hmm. um i think that's important anytime i get close to a body of water like instantly i feel so much better, so much lighter. It's it's like an instant mm. feeling every time. I'm with you. Yeah, I feel you on that. I, that's the same way I am. I feel you. So I, I know that I know that going to those places, going to the mountains, or going to the beach, or wherever it is, I know that it's an escape, and it's also bringing me, um, you know, a higher feeling or a better feeling. It's giving me energy, whereas um, I'm drained a lot in my everyday life otherwise so it's just about recharging 
for me. Right. Uh, and I get it. Yep. And that's the same thing with me. Like I said, um, you know, I, I the one thing that I do miss living down here is the fact that I can't drive uh, like five minutes away or 10 minutes away so I can go to at least a small body of water, like, you know, like the Delaware River or something like that. So I can get that peace of mind so I can disconnect so I can get that that sense of uh, connection with nature. So I definitely understand what you're saying because we this is a hectic time itself, but just let alone everything that's happening, just look at what's going on in your personal world. And sometimes those things can be overwhelming. Exactly. And now going back to what you said, your everyday life now, um, throughout this whole time of you traveling, you're also an attorney. Like, how? <laughs> Man, <laughs> please explain what, what field are you in as far as what do you practice and, and how do you fit that time in? Yeah, so I practice trademark law um, for a government agency and I work from home and I'm able to manage my own schedule. So, you know, I'm working at base 40 hours a week, um, most times overtime. And then also on the side, pursuing all these passions, pursuing travel. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm grateful to be in a position that gives me flexibility to manage my schedule and make it so that, you know, I am able to travel the way that I have um traveled um mm -hmm. but i it definitely feels like i have two jobs it definitely mm -hmm. feels like i have two jobs i uh i feel like i've been putting myself through film school um <laughs> through the pat over the past couple of years just like going down rabbit holes on youtube learning how to do stuff falling over, falling asleep over my keyboard <laughs> Right. Like that's how I know I'm passionate about that because that's not what's paying me. That's not what's paying my bills. But mm -hmm. I'm willing to, you know, sacrifice sleep or um, to go the extra mile on top of what I what I'm already doing to to further those creative pursuits. Um, yes, welcome to our world. <laughs> <laughs> it does not pay the bills, but I will stay up all night okay. doing it. <laughs> keeps you going well it's not paying the bills right now not so. right no, now so right now yeah we're putting in the um those those hours i feel like i'm just putting in the hard work i don't know what is going to come from the things that i do on like in terms of like creatively excuse me creatively um mm -hmm. i have some ideas of what i want but i'm also i also feel like i'm just in a period of like where I'm kind of stretching because, you know, the whole school process, like college or in high school, I was really focused in sports. Um, Cause when I was younger, I was, I used to draw and I remember always having like different cameras, like disposable cameras. I used to run up numbers on disposable cameras. So when I think back to it, like when I was a kid, all of the creative stuff that I do now really makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. But I got, it got lost when I started focusing on sports and then um, after sports was school and law school. And I almost forgot that I was a creative to a certain degree. Like I forgot that, oh, I can paint and oh, I like to take pictures. And it wasn't until I actually made like a concerted effort um, in those spaces um, that I realized, okay, I'm good at, you know, I'm good at being a lawyer and, you know, I enjoy 
the field that I'm in, but there's also a wealth of other things that I'm also good at and that I want to pursue. So I just feel like I'm stretching and seeing what I can do. Um, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm all over the place sometimes. <laughs> it's like I can't decide what I want to focus on. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I hope that'll come soon. Just hone in on one thing. Hey, conquered the world. Why not? Who said that there should be limitations on any things that we want to do? I agree with that too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think especially, especially when you are like dope at all of them. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, I mean, like your artwork is really dope. Your photography is dope. I mean, your videography is dope. And so it's like, um, pursue it all. I mean, and like a couple weeks ago, um, I was on the set of my first uh, short film that I wrote directed and 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 filmed well in the process of filming and we were filming this the first scene and uh danny was part of part of that and um as well as my wife who, who's uh who's a teacher but she's making time to pursue her acting so okay. all of us are always doing that you know so um and this we rented we rented a space uh, i rented a space from um on this website called peer space which is a dope site if you want to like rent space for filming or anything and the girl who was old like we rented from um she was she she said she said something that was so true she was like um it's dope that y'all are doing this and making time to pursue your passions because i had to we had a we got there around eight i had to we shot from eight to one and i, I immediately had to leave and go right to work and so yeah. like and i was exhausted when i got off you know but it's like you have to make time to yeah. pursue those things yeah those things and that so, like fulfill you yeah yeah, and it's, it's it's deeper than just money or, um, you know, because I feel like, I don't know if I feel like if you put the time in and dedicate yourself to something, the money will come. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. exactly. I'm, exactly. A, I'm a huge believer in that, and so, um, you know, I I just think it's it's that's what then that's what this podcast is all about. That's why we don't, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, we we, we interview people from different various fields and. And and because everyone has something to offer, especially with our people, people of color, we, you know, we all have something to contribute. Um, and uh, and so I think that's really awesome that you're, you know, you're doing that. And like I can totally relate to being up on YouTube, just learning, doing tutorials, and waking up with your keyboard. I've done that so many times. And so um, <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so I I totally relate to that. And I'm actually I'm actually in film school now too. Um, actual film school um, and so awesome. you know j- just trying to yeah just trying to pursue and learn which I can um, so um, yeah I wanted to um, I did want to just backtrack one just one uh, one thing to ask um, just um, as far as you know we're, we're in a time now where we're obviously under an administration and a regime that is very central on one group of people um, in their eyes being s- superior to another and not really embracing any type of diversity and which is really sad and sickening but uh, just talk about like how traveling globally has helped to shape uh, your worldview of ex- not only acceptance but appreciation for other cultures and you know people of different cultures religions ways of thinking lifestyles like how how has that helped you to shape that oh yeah I've always said that travel is the best teacher our experience is the best teacher um and when you're traveling you're experiencing so many different things you're 
engaging with people from different cultural backgrounds, um, from different ethnicities, um, different, you know, countries that have different governments. And one thing I said a while back is that one thing that I've learned from all the places that I've been is that the people are not their government mm. as a whole. You know what I mean? Like That's deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the government yeah. is a representation for whatever country, but it, it doesn't always represent the people. So like you talk about this administration now, he is representing our country, but there are a lot of people in this country that are not for him or do not support um, you know, his policies or beliefs or what he's putting out into our world. So um, that's one thing that it taught me. And then, and so when, when you haven't like gotten that exposure traveling around in different places, you're usually limited to what the media is feeding to you. And so mm-hmm. it, it's almost like you're letting the media shape your thoughts about the world. And when you travel, mm-hmm. you have um, the opportunity to have those firsthand experiences, um, those you know discussions with people um, that have you know different politics than you. But uh, I, I, it boils down to just that experience and that exposure, and realizing that things are done differently in different places. And I'll say that I found that the a lot of the poorer countries that I've been to, the people mm-hmm. generally are overall more happy. Wow. They, they're like, you That's know, deep. they can be yeah. without, you know, they don't know where they're getting their next meal from or, you know, just people that um, just don't have it, have it easy. I found that they're just happier than people in more developed countries that have it all. Um, So yeah, travel just definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different things. And it's taught me a whole lot about the world, about other people, about myself. Um, And that's definitely an element of solo travel. You learn so much about yourself. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I think it's um, people that I've Mm -hmm. I've talked to who've just been to you know, just a couple of countries. They say, you know, just uh, completely. I know I have a couple of friends who say when they went to, they went to like Ghana, South Africa. They said that tr- those trips like changed their life, um, just because they said that what they saw over there was not what popular culture in America depicts as as being in Africa. And of course there are some poor parts, but they're just saying overall it was a beautiful place. So right. um, I just think, you know, taking that on a grander scale with you going to so many places, like I can only imagine, you know, like, I mean, like, do you ever like go give, like you ever come back to the States and you're like, Oh God, like, okay, we're back in, yeah, back in, back in Atlanta. Okay. Back in DC. Yeah. So, you know, like, is it like, I mean, cause I mean, you're, you're being exposed to so many different, places and ways of thinking then like you have to come back here does it ever like i don't know you ever face like de- like i don't know like, kind of like a depression having to come back or is it like oh yeah oh, I'm ready to be home. um it's a lot of mixed feelings i think a lot of i think one of the the biggest 
like one thing that I find that's difficult is trying to relate to other people the kind the experience that you just had. Um, yeah. I think a lot of times it's hard to convey that because uh, they don't really get it unless they've you know been in those situations. But um, <clears throat> just for me sp- personally, another thing travel has been for me. Um, I had a real bad bout of depression uh, that lasted for like five years. Um, And there were a few years where I was just really deeply depressed. And honestly, I I just didn't want to be here anymore. And travel was one of the things that I always look forward to. So there was one period where I was literally booking trips left and right because I just I I needed to always have something coming up that I knew that I was going to be interested in. I was going to enjoy. So a lot of times coming back from those trips it was depressing because I felt like I was coming back to um, this life that I was living that, you know, I wasn't happy with for whatever reason. Um, and I, I felt like I, I got something more from those trips than, you know, a vacation. I feel like I, I found myself a little bit more or I left, you know, some pieces of me that needed to be, that I needed to shed in certain locations. Um, so there, yeah, there are a lot of mixed feelings after traveling and then coming back to the states um, that I've had. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Right, and I know um, I love watching traveling shows. Uh, I haven't been traveling as much as I wish. Actually, um, I haven't been out uh, this country since I went back in 2016. But you know, life gets in the way; things happen. Um, but you know, I, I watch, um, his name is escaping me. He's a, a, a white gentleman and he, he's making it his point to visit every country everywhere in the, in the world. And he has gone to so many different places. And like you said, the places where you think that they should be the worst off, they should, they should be out there just laying down and saying, Hey, I give up on the world. They are the happiest people they are the ones they didn't have much some of these people that he uh that he uh encountered along his travels and then he found someone that took him to like a little village Mm -hmm. within that place they did not have a lot but they made sure that as a guest they gave him everything that they needed and more and i think that shows so much you know because here in america we want to be so spoiled and ego and everything just gets in the way. And I have to give me, give me, give me, give me. And thinking that that's going to bring you happiness when these people have little to nothing, if anything at all. And all they're happy about is being yeah. able to see the next day yeah. in their family. And I think that says a lot about us. And also with, um, I want to put this plug in too. I've been watching it on Netflix. It's called, um, it's called um, Outside Man. It's an outside man and it's with Reggie Yates. He's a British a guy, he's black. And he's basically going to different places and discovering different cultures and different things. And it's really, really amazing how I was just watching an episode last night when he was in Russia. Now this was back in 2014. And I would love everyone to please go watch this. 
is called Outside Man on Netflix with Reggie Yates. And everything that he's talking about in 2014 with Russia, protests, internet, everything is what we are talking about right now. So basically, that was basically the incubation period in 2014 leading up to everything that he's saying. It's everything coincides so much what's going on with this government and everything in that nature. And that goes into also the protest in which he went to a protest there and it was a national protest. And of course in Russia, he was the only black face there. And we have a protest here where we now have people that are supporting us in all different brackets. And Myself, including you, I saw, you know, from your videos, you went down to the protest. I went down there a couple of days, so I felt how the atmosphere was. And how was that atmosphere for you going down there the several days and filming these uh, actions and them protesting? Um, the atmosphere, so leading up to that, I was already, you know, it was, you know, I think it had been maybe a week or so after um, George Floyd was murdered. And I remember thinking to myself, like, are there going to be protests in Atlanta? And I, I looked up online whether there were going to be protests. I didn't see anything. And literally the next day, so it must have been like May 30th or something, whatever the last day. Uh, yeah, I think May 30th. I was headed somewhere and I saw, I live downtown, so I saw some people walking towards um, like Centennial Park area with signs. And I was mm -hmm. like, what is going on? And I needed to make it to wherever I was going. So I just kind of was like, no, I can't be a protest yet. But I knew that, that that was what was happening. And later that night when I got home, I felt, I knew it was still going on. It was around 10 p.m. And I felt like, I just felt compelled to go down there. So I walked to like where the CNN building is. Um, and it was a very charged evening. Uh, I wasn't there earlier in the day, um, but it, I, I know that it got rowdy, like cars got set on fire. Um, and when I was down there, it was, there was definitely a high security presence. Um, and I think the emotions were just, you know, uh, being shown. Like there were a lot of, young kids out there and they you could just see the anger and hear it um so i think that first night was just people like getting out their rage and then uh, yeah. i went to a few more protests in the following days and um it, it was really good to see the people coming together all you know, different races, different ages, most, but mostly young people. Young people are definitely the foot soldiers of, of every movement, um, of the, but definitely of this movement. It was good to see them out there united. Um, and I was out there by myself. So I know they say you're not really supposed to go to protests by yourself and let people know where you are. But I just, I just really wanted to document what was going on. Like the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, started some years ago um but this this was sadly you know the biggest that it ever got where there were protests in every state where other countries were joining um so i just felt i yeah. felt compelled to document 
especially because I know the media likes to just sensationalize things. So they're going to show, you know, they're going to show the rioting, they're going to show the looting, but they're not going to show the togetherness all the time. So I wanted to, you know, have that first person view of what was going on. Um, And it it got overwhelming at times. It got overwhelming. So I I had to step back from it after, after a few days. And that's where that footage came from. Um, in that video because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't go out with a plan to do a, like a little short um, it just happened mm-hmm. that way right and that's the best footage you can get because I know you know just like you I went down there by myself I was like hey I didn't tell anybody I was like look uh, I was just no I think I told Chris I think I told a couple of people like hey I'm going down there yeah I told you I'm going to go down there and get some footage um, but I also had intentions of going live in which I did so that people can say, hey, you know, she's good. And I'm also showing live footage of which actually is happening. And, you know, I was down there, you know, not expecting to see what I did when I turned the corner and saw the entire protest approaching me. I'm like, whoa, I'm at the best spot I can possibly be. Like they are marching towards me. Like I wasn't, I didn't plan this at all. I didn't know. It's just that I turned this corner and here they were approaching me. And it was just so, uh, it just felt so good seeing so many young people out there. Like the foot soldiers, like we just lost, um, you know, a great man, John Lewis. And he was one of those young foot, you know, those those people, those young people that you're talking about. Like, this is how change is made. We need everyone. You know, we need these older, wiser people to to do some things and and to teach us. And we need these younger people that can keep their foot, you know, to the the street and to everything else and get things done because they have that energy in them, you know, us. You know, we're a little older. We don't have all that energy that we had before, but we're still there for them. And what do you, you know, now you traveling and with the protests and everything and you you haven't been doing much traveling, I'm assume nowadays. Is that oh, correct? yeah, I'm struggling over here. <laughs> <laughs> so now with this new age of, you know, uh, Corona and with the protests, I want to know, what do you think you will expect now that this lens is now different when you go out to, into, into the world now when you travel? Um, so when you say now that the lens is different, do you mean, what do you mean? Uh, as, as far as everyone's eyes being open to this, even though they were open to the mistreatment of Black people in America prior to this, but now the lens is now exposed and everyone has seen it. So now people are have different uh, feelings about it. Just like we see with the marching, we had a lot of nationalities marching with us. It's just right. not us. You know, it's just not us. So I just want to, from the experience that you've already had prior to this, what do you think that you may experience going forward after this? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, if my, aside from the, the travel restrictions, um, in terms of like, relating to people in other countries. I don't know how that's going to change, you know, the landscape or how that's going to change mm-hmm. how people are going to react or treat me or other black people um, in their country. Um, but I, I think that it, it just puts, 
you know, a scope on America, because like you said, this is all, this isn't something that's new, right? It's just now under a microscope. And I am definitely encouraged by the level of participation um, from people in, in so many different countries, you know, like seeing some of the, mm-hmm. the footage of protests going going on in like New Zealand and all these the countries that I wouldn't expect to see the, those kind of numbers. Um, mm-hmm. So I, to be honest, I don't know how it's going to change the landscape in terms of traveling and, and how Black people um, are going to be viewed or how, you know, relations in this country are going to be viewed. Um, but it will it will be interesting to see. It will be. And I'm looking forward to see it because um, I'm just wishing that it just continues on this this uh, momentum of positivity for all of us, especially us. And I definitely am uh, looking forward to seeing your future work. And when you start traveling after this has all happened, I'm definitely I intrigued. That. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've had any um, like direct the only time I can think of where I felt like I was uh, where my race had affected anything, me and my friend were in Thailand and we were looking um, to buy some jewelry. Um, and there's like a district in Thailand or where I think we were in Bangkok probably where there are a lot of the jewelry shops and we were bouncing in one after the other. And there was one particular shop we went into and um, the owner, it was like a, a, like a mom and pop, a wife and husband owning this little jewelry store. And we wanted to see these mm-hmm. rings and they didn't want to take the rings out for us to look at them. Every other place we went to before mm-hmm. and after that, like, if we wanted to see something, they were happy to take it out, let us try it on. You know, they were just really attentive in this one place. They just, she wasn't about it. And me and my friend, Mm. you know, obviously were really offended um, because one, we were thinking, you know, we were two young, successful black females. We could, we can afford what's in here. So you're about to lose out on money. So that's just what we did. We took our business elsewhere. Um, But Thank yeah, you. We, we took our business elsewhere, you know, people who were welcoming to us um, just because we didn't need that kind of energy. And that's but that's the only time that I can really remember like a direct like racial experience that I've had. I'm sure I'm sure like I've encountered people who didn't like me because I was black or because of the color of my skin or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, I've, I've been were shown you- more love than did not so i'm thankful for that that's good that's good, that's good. Uh, well look i know you uh you uh, have you know have a busy schedule and so we're not going to hold you any longer uh we just thank you for sitting down with us and talking with us um uh just real quick just uh give people where they can follow you and follow your um you know your travels and stuff we'll also post a link um as well but um just let people know where they can follow you on social media and stuff Oh, yeah, you can check me out on Instagram at k.lajoy. That's k.l-a-j-o-i. You can also check out my uh, YouTube page. It's also slash k.lajoy. Um, and then I have a website, thesolowanderer.com, thesolowanderer.com. And I appreciate you guys having me on. 
No problem. No problem. Definitely. Thank you for coming and 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 uh, providing us with some experiences. Once again, we definitely want to reconnect with you once uh, traveling is open again. And just before you go, I definitely I appreciate you for saying that when you said that they did not want to uh, have your business. So you went somewhere else. And I thank you so much for that, because it bothers me that I've seen so many videos of black people who were um, who were uh, being they, they were uh, actually being judge prior to anything and then when they finally saw that they had the money they want to continue to spend their money there to show them hey look look at me no it's going to hurt them more so if you take that money away from them and i thank you for saying that so that people know that the importance of saying hey self comes first not this money let me go and honor myself first and get someone who who actually deserved this money the opportunity to actually have it. So I thank you so much for saying that. I thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. And this has been another episode of Beats and Real Talk. I am Danny, the filmmaker, living in ATL. Mr. Coleman, ATL. And that is a wrap. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate you guys. Yes, no problem. Hope to keep in touch. I want to hear. Definitely. I want to hear more yes. about these uh, film projects you guys got going. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, man, I was looking at your stuff. Like I said, like what a camera. I'm gonna need you like for a DP, <laughs> man. Like, yeah. I was there yesterday. I was uh. So now I think I'm about to get into moto vlogging as though I need like to add something else. Um. So I was riding around on my motorcycle, testing out different. Uh, setups in order to you know film myself on rides and stuff so I'm always like working on some type of film project and I I I want to connect more with creatives in the city um I we got like, yeah one we network plug you I feel like the, I don't have we we can plug you into the indie filmmaking community most definitely in uh here in Atlanta yeah. like we yeah we should definitely link up um all of us like for sure that that would be dope so yeah hopefully yeah. once once COVID uh dies down a little bit more i know people are out here like crazy uh but we can all meet up and over drinks and you know toss around ideas and hey let's do it with one another pencil me in i'm there i'm ready i hope you guys have the enjoy the rest of your sunday thank you for having me all right no problem too no problem you as well all right